Welcome to the Curvation Center and the From Bars to Business series. This series focuses on the challenges of reentry for the justice involved and how businesses can benefit from hiring them and make a positive difference in their lives. This podcast is funded through a grant from the First Community Foundation Partnership of Pennsylvania. Cleveland Way from the American Rescue Workers joins us for this episode. A fresh start. Let's get talking. Hey, welcome back to the Curvation Center's podcast from bars to business. I'm Steve Brady, the executive director, and um, as always, excited to have someone else to talk to. In this case, I get to talk to Cleveland Way from American Rescue Workers here in Williamsport, and they have some amazing missions that they do at the Rescue Workers. Uh, Cleveland, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be here today. We're just really appreciative of not only you being here, but of all the things you guys are doing at Rescue Workers. Uh, could you just briefly talk about the mission you have there and then the program that you have? Sure, our mission is very simple. Um, it is repurposing um, clothing, um, furniture and, and lives. Um, the goal is to meet the community where they are and to help them in those areas to get over the hump, whether that's food, food or um, repurposing their items and and reselling them for the purpose of shelter um, and getting individuals on their feet. Um, we'll also do some community outreach in regards to helping individuals with um, rental assistance and utility assistance if needed. Um, recently, we have created a program called Fresh Start um, that is designed for our long-term men's shelter program that is to help an individual come in um, with nothing uh, and get them to become self-sufficient. Um, and there's many steps in that manner, which I would like to talk about today. So I like the way you highlighted that you're, you're repurposing furniture, clothing, and lives. I really like that way of looking at it because for many of us, all we see is the thrift store. You know, all we see is that somebody's donated furniture or clothing. Now, the furniture and clothing business that you have, that, that is that really intended to allow you to repurpose lives, if you will? That is correct. So um, 82% of the um, funding we have um, for the program that we're um, providing the, the community um, comes through our resale um, at, in many different areas, whether that's the thrift store or doing bulk sales um, for overseas use and so on, third world country use. Um, but the finances that come in, we're looking at about 82% um, um, is fully is supported through that venue. Well, that's awesome. And so those of us that uh, are either donating furniture or clothing or purchasing it, we can feel comfortable that what we're doing is really being helpful more than just uh, that furniture or clothing. That is correct. So 100% totally is going to the overhead as well as helping the community. And you can actually see it happening and going out the door. That's really awesome. And, and so then part of that, you know, you mentioned the homeless men's program and so forth, and you've got this Fresh Start program. Is that the name of it? Yes, uh, that is called Fresh Start. So uh, talk to me just a little bit about what that program is, what it entails, and, and what your goals or your outcomes are for a program like that. Absolutely. So um, I'd like to begin in the beginning. Um, when I took over as a shelter director, um, what I was seeing is that we had a few people here 
that had about three years and there was one individual who was a veteran who was here five years um, in the shelter. Um, I struggled with that because I could not see how a shelter became a permanent house or a permanent housing solution for an individual. Um, a shelter is supposed to be a short-term um, placement um, to get individuals on their feet. So one of the things that I did was started to research within the, in the country as to what others were doing um, to help individuals um, as opposed to just giving them shelter uh, and then giving them a rest so that they can go back out and do things. So, um, and then after getting that information, I incorporated it into the mission um, as well as what we are capable of doing as an agency and Fresh Start was born. So we now have a nine month program um, that is divided into three separate sections. The first section um, is 90 days and you come in the door, there's a blackout period, the 30 day blackout period. That is to help me to identify and continue to help um, discover those individuals who have the mindset and heart to change. So if you could do this for 30 days, stay within a one block radius um, and adhere to our appointment schedule, then um, you're well on your way. Also within those 90 days, you have, you'll be working with us in our warehouse while um, myself and my case manager is getting you, finding out what is going on with you, what caused you to be homeless, what's your skill set, what was your life like prior to homelessness and so on. And if there's any services that you will need um, to maintain yourself. Um, we will surround them with those services, whether that's drug and alcohol treatment, um, even if there's an inpatient, we'll hold the bed for them when they come back. Mental health, case management, um, psychiatric and med management, um, and getting them a physical and getting them a dental appointment and, and all those other things we will identify with. They have child support. Um, we will work with domestics um, to postpone their payments until um, they reach the goal of being able to uh, work outside of here. So you really aggressively are working just to build the basics of getting life back together, just those most basic of necessities. Absolutely. So that, and that is happening within once they walk in the door. So we will get them surrounded. Now, I personally have the ability to do the case management and counseling. However, what I want them to um, establish a relationship with somebody that is going to be long lasting. And I'm not planning on being in their life. Um, for long. I want them to move on to um, greener pastures after they leave here. Awesome. So um, once that stage takes place now, in that 90 days, they're working with us in our warehouse as a work uh, rehabilitation program. So we, were, we are going to smooth out those rough edges of um, work ethic and employment um, so that they can learn how to respond to a supervisor, show up on time, that if you're scheduled for eight o'clock and you show up at eight o'clock, then you're not actually on time because you have to go to the bathroom and put your coat up and what have you. Um, working with coworkers and dealing with um, everyday work stressors. And once we can get those um, smoothed out, um, we're also becoming a reference for that individual. So when we are recommending them for a, a position, um, we have the ability to tell them how this individual is working um, because we work with them hand in hand every day. 
You're getting them to the point where they they understand that if you start work at eight o'clock, at eight o'clock you're ready to start work. You're not eight o'clock's not just a show time, and and that that you you're setting the expectation that that's the expectation another employer is going to have for you. So that might actually put them a step ahead of almost anybody else that applies for a job. That is absolutely correct. So the goal is while they're working with us, they are treating us as a job. Um, so the, all of this stuff is voluntary, but they, this is a job for them, a job readiness program. Um, so they're treating every aspect of that as a job um, from the time they walk in the door to the time they leave. So um, even the supervisor, um, we are giving them assignments and projects and so on just to help them to focus on organizing their day um, so they're ready for the workforce. Um, to, to kind of dwell on negative type things, but you say you can act as a reference for them when they when they move on to get a job somewhere else. Just out of curiosity, have you ever had to say no? We can't be your reference yet. We, you know, you still need to work on some things. Absolutely. So that is one of the things I work with my um, um, warehouse supervisor, and we discuss every case as their ninety days are coming to a close, and if they feel that this person isn't ready for the workforce, then we will extend that time a little bit longer. And we will sit down with them, kind of like an evaluation, sit down with them, give them those areas that need to be worked on a little bit more. um, And then we will concentrate on that area um, so that they can be ready. Good to know. So as an employer, when I get your recommendation, I know that it's not just a rubber stamp. It's not just they've done 90 days, but that you've you put thought and work into this and that your word, I'm not, I'm not doubting your word. I'm just saying it's good to know that your word means something when you come to us and that referral means something. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. That is correct. We're putting a lot of work into these individuals and we just don't want them to come in and get out. Um, that would take us back to before prior to me becoming the director. So what we want to do is become agents of change. Um, and however that happens. Now we, now, mind you, we will have individuals here longer than nine months um, because they're just not quite ready yet. Um, some of them will identify that themselves. Um, so um, it's not a cookie cutter program. Um, we will gear the program around the individual and their needs. Now, we are pushing them and nudging them a little bit to get going so that they don't stay comfortable. Um, but we want them to be comfortable in every stage that they're moving in within the program. Okay, great. Um, so once we move from the that stage, the, the beginning stage, we move into um, working outside of this building. So we have um, Alec, we have went to many different agencies and organizations um, and talked to them about this program and what it entails. This will identify a workforce that is very is untapped. Um, so. An individual to be homeless or to be re-entry coming out of um, prison or what have you, um, they have worked hard to survive. So we've used that as a strength. Um, and um, if we can refocus their mind and change, use the same skill set, but change their focus, then you have an amazing employee. So that's kind of what we're working on. And then we, once we pitch this to these companies, um, I get what they are looking for, um, and um, we will incorporate that into the individuals that we have here. Um, and so far, we have 
um, placement rate um, because we've been able to send individuals that they are specifically looking for um, and they're ready to work. Now, 100% placement rate is good. Now, do you have any uh, statistics on how long those people stay in the jobs before they move on or before they move out uh, or anything like that? So this program has been up and running for two years. So we don't have a whole lot of data to <laughs> go understand. However, what I can tell you is those individuals who have gone through the program successfully, they are still maintaining a job. Um, some of them have started through temp agencies and now they've been hired on, you know, and we have quite a few that have moved to supervisory positions. That's awesome. Uh, now, one of the emphases we have, I mean, this, this initial, so the initiative behind this podcast series is to be talking about from bars to business, the idea of transitioning those who were happen to be justice involved. Now, to be fair, not everyone who's homeless, not every man who's homeless was justice involved. You know, luck did not shine on him or what have you. Uh, a veteran just hit hit a rough patch and, and didn't necessarily go to jail or have an involvement with, with uh, the justice system. But what sort of process do you have for those that are justice involved? And, and what percentage would you say come through your program that have uh, an involvement with the justice system? Okay. So we're looking at about a third of the individuals that is in our program um, has been involved with um, the the system. Um, um, they're either coming out of the system directly into our program, or they have been out for a while and their home plan have fallen through, or they haven't been progressing um, like their um, probation officer or parole officer um, have would like them to. So they would be vetted first. Um, the goal would be to identify the readiness for change. Um, and that's going to be different for everybody. We have a either a virtual or a phone conference um, with that individual. I will look at um, their background, what they've done in prison, um, how their counselor sees them, and so on. And we go from there. Now, there are three disqualifiers off the bat. One is arson, um, sex offense, and aggravated assault. Now, with aggravated assault, um, if you've been in the justice field for a minute, you would understand that aggravated assault can be a wide range of um, anything from uh, a struggle through the arrest process to actually hurting someone. So we look at the whole aspect of that. So there is a gray area in the aggravated assault charge, um, but the goal is to find change. Um, and we will not accept anybody that has been extremely violent unless it's been a long period of time um, that has passed. So, so the potential difference there might be uh, I'm being restrained because I happen to be, I, I'm going to use my 1970s language, you know, I'm tripping on, on something, right? Angel right. dust or whatever. I might be more violent because of my drug-induced state. That's yeah. viewed differently as an aggravated assault from they walked up to me and I just wasn't in the mood to deal with them and I just started fighting. That's correct. Or there was a bar fight um, or, you know, or something happened on the street and then you ended up um, a physical altercation and they, they tagged you with an aggravated assault. Gotcha. So you may not have a violent history, but you have an aggravated assault on your, on your record now. So that's, 
that's what we take into account. And that's why we have the interview and we look at the full record. Um, and we, if we need to, we will look at the, uh, the whole court proceeding as to how things unfolded. Well, that's, that's good to know that you actually have a process and that, you know, even when we're working through these things, we do two things. We evaluate what, what the actual criminal involvement might have been. And we don't just arbitrarily say five letters make all the difference in the world. We need to hear the story. We want to understand the, the whole person, in this case, the whole man uh, behind that. Now, yeah. as they go through your program, they're going through the same program you talked about earlier, right? The same 90 days and the same process? Yeah. So it's the exact same program. They'll do the first 90 days, and then they will start working. Um, once they start working, um, so uh, in the beginning, I'm sorry, the first 90 days, because we're asking them not to work, we will give them an allowance. Um, the first week, they will get $5, and then each week, it'll increase by $5 until they hit 20 Once they hit $20, if they volunteer an extra day outside of their five-day work week, we will give them an extra $10. Um, this is just money in their pocket um, for soda, cigarettes, whatever that they do. Um, the idea is to create, again, a work ethic um, plus reward. So if they volunteer, then they get a small reward to do that. Um, so now once they are working, the allowance will disappear. And then when they on their first paycheck, we will evaluate their stuff, and then we will ask for 30% of that income at minimum. 15% stays with the program. The other 15% goes into a savings account um, with their name on it here um, at ARW. That costs two things. It helps us to identify, it watches it, watch it grow, and we can monitor its growth. Um, I, I have experience in individuals showing me a pay stub and showing me their bank account. Um, and the moment they showed me their bank account, they emptied it. <laughs> so we um, are now holding that here so we can see it grow and we know that it's here. Um, the 50% that stays in the program is um, an attempt to pay it forward. So what they're doing for any individual that come in that we cannot do from the clothes or items that we're getting and donated, um, we are able to purchase them, helping them with prescriptions. Um, if they have an abnormal size for shoes or clothes or whatever, we will purchase them with that funding. And if they, it's come time for them to work and they need special, like a tool kit, tool belt, um, steel toe shoes or what have you, we will equip them um, with the, those items through that fund. So the individuals that are going through that program, they're actually paying for and helping the individual come that's coming in the door. Um, so when they hit $1,500 in their savings account, then they move to the third phase, which is a housing solution. Um, I belong to many different um, alliances and organizations um, and boards here in Lycoming County that have some housing programs available. Mass um, leasing program, supportive housing program, all of them have been funded by the commissioner's office. Um, so if we can get them into those programs, which they will help, with case, case management, they will help continue rent for six to 12 months. Um, I will also be case, doing case management with them um, for the next 12 months once they get their own place. If for some reason they do not qualify or the funding is out, then we will still pay first month rent and security, potentially even 
month number two um, to get them in the door and we will furnish their apartment for them and we will provide them a month worth of food and we will um, give them all the cleaning items they need for their home apartment. This so is, basically, this is, I'm just, is this after you've placed them in a job outside of ARW? You're, you're, still, you're still providing a nice support structure for them to ensure that they've got that launch pad. That they That's need to, to move forward. Okay, I just want to make sure I understood that. This is this is you saying, okay, you're not you're not done, and you've got a job. You're on your own now. This is you going. You've got a job. We want to make sure you're successful. So we're coming alongside. Correct. So we're going to help them budget. We're going to help them save. Um, we're going to help them manage um, their funds as right. well as their. Um, in, so if they're coming in with things that we postpone, like domestics and child support or fines, costs. Now we will add that into their budget so that they can start getting paid now. Um, if there's any back rent for some, from place they were evicted from, we will pay that off. If they have um, um, an overdraft that will prevent them from having a bank account. Um, I have three banks in the area that is going to come, come to them and help them take care of that and then teach them how to successfully own the bank account. Um, so again, it's working together as a community. I really like that. So as, you know, as we look at the, this conversation in the podcast to talk to business owners, if I'm a business owner and I'm looking to come to you and I go, hey, Cleveland, I'm, I'm looking for some people to work here. Um, uh, is this a risk? Am I, what risk am I taking? What, part of what I'm hearing is, a, a lot of the concerns I might have about hiring somebody is that they have all these other burdens that they're carrying. In the military, we would take care of a lot of those burdens off of our soldiers and airmen's backs by saying, we have the medical facility on base, we have the commissary, we have uh, the BX, we have base housing, all those things. So you don't have to worry about your family while you're out doing your mission. You're essentially providing that support structure. So as a business owner, I'm going to look and say, okay, I know that much of their outside of the walls of my business life is being supported and strengthened. So mm -hmm. that should be an encouragement for me, right? That is correct. So you know that um, their basic needs um, are being met here. So the only thing that they have to worry about is taking care of themselves um, and, and being able to build up their self-esteem and the pride of the work that they're doing. Um, so, because we will, while they're working, they're still living here and we're providing all of their needs. We're just asking them to give 30% just so that they'll be ready for when they leave, basically. Right. Um, so that is, we're just preparing for that. As you know, living paycheck to paycheck would also um, create another barrier um, within a stressful um, environment of an individual. So we take that away by um, not releasing them until they hit that $1,500 mark in their savings account. So now they have a sense of, they have a fallback plan just in case a feather drops on their life. They're not living paycheck to paycheck. That's very similar to the Dave Ramsey model of a thousand dollar emergency fund. Yes, and, and so, you know, before you go in your debt-free uh, push to pay off all your debts, you know, Dave Ramsey says you, you get that thousand dollar emergency fund. So when, 
when uh, stuff happens, when, when Murphy comes knocking on the door, mm-hmm. you, you don't have to go into debt and you don't have to do whatever to, to pay off whatever that, that emergency was. I love that approach too. What are some of the, the challenges that businesses bring to you when they come to you and they say, well, we're considering it, but what are some of the things you're hearing from businesses and how do you talk through some of those with them? Well, you're looking at an individual who has a history. So because they have a criminal history or they have an addictive past, um, the risk will always be there in regards to what could cause this individual to fall back and do that. Am I going to train this person and then they're not around? Because as we know, training is time and money. Um, It can be well spent, but if you're going to train and then have to train another person within a month or so, then that's a loss for the company. So that would be the challenge for the individual. However, understand the work that we're putting in to the individual prior to us sending them out. And then while we're sending them out, we are still having case management with that individual. So the relationship that I have with employers is that if there is um, an employee as one of mine um, that is not meeting um, the expectations of the company, we, they t- HR will talk to me about that um, um, as a part of their um, discipline action, I guess, if you will. So we can work on that here um, through counseling um, with me to work on that so that they, they will get that fixed. Because again, we're looking at an individual, I'm sorry, so, so a challenge might be, uh, you're describing the challenges, well, what am I getting? They have a background, they have a history, but by hiring, when you bring them to me as a business owner, uh, I, I'm getting the benefit of kind of a built-in mentor program, a mentoring aspect of it that's not a burden on me. So I don't, I mean, I, I still want to care about my employees, but it comes with additional help on my side of it as it, as it were. That is correct. So when you're getting these in, you know um, that you're getting a full packet. So by the time, even within a year of them leaving us and getting their own place, we're still moving them forward, but we're still in their life um, because we want them to be successful on that job. Um, and, we, and, and that has happened on a couple of occasions where um, we had a, a business contact us and say, hey, listen, we're struggling with being tar- um, tardy. Um, so we worked on that again with that individual and we created goals. Find out why are you be- why are you not showing up on time? And we worked on that to eliminate that um, cause. And they've been successful ever since. So again, awesome. we've not had anyone terminated from employment because uh, actually we haven't had anyone being terminated from employment right now. That's awesome. That, that's a really that's a really great success story, and and you know, and on top of all of this, we haven't talked about it in our podcast series yet. I don't. I, we haven't laid out the order of our podcast, but we are going to be talking about if we haven't already, depending on what you listen to, audience. And we're going to be talking about some other programs the state has to include the on the job training program. So if I were to come to you as a as an employer. I could, I'd be getting an employee who has background of developed work ethic. You've worked with them on the skills necessary to be an effective employee, not necessarily the skills I need to run a forklift, 
but certainly the skills to be an effective employee anywhere. And then I can use that OJT money coming from the state of Pennsylvania, depending on the program, to help defray the expenses that you mentioned. Training is time and money. And I, I can get uh, you know up to 50% of that back for six months. So it's nice to see how these programs can all work together when we think about it as a coordinated effort. That is correct. And um, speaking of that, we do, we do have um, a direct relationship with um, CareerLink as well um, in, in this whole operation. So they do come in and they will do trainings with the guys that are here um, while they're here as well. So we're, we're trying to make it well-rounded so when they leave here, they have not only the tools and the necessary items they need to be successful, they are living it. So it becomes a habit. Um, that's why we started with outside referrals in the beginning and they continue on with that. Um, that's why we asked them to do a medical um, evaluation um, with a PCP so that if there is something wrong, they can handle that while they're here in the first 90 days, surgery or whatever. So that by the time they're ready to work and they're in the workforce, that's not an issue an employee has to deal with. Yeah. Well, thank so. you very much. And I'm sure there's a lot of other things we can talk about, but I, I promised you this would be about 20 minutes. Uh, and hopefully as we come across other topics, you'll be willing to come back and talk with us again. Thank you, Cleveland, for joining us today. Thank you very much. And I appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Hopefully you found it informative, and please listen to the remaining parts of this multi-part series as we explore the way businesses can be successful hiring and providing support for justice-involved individuals. We encourage you to check out the other resources the Covation Center has for small business owners. Visit our website at covationcenter.org and be sure to watch our video series on YouTube. Just search for Covation Center. We provide various videos designed to help you start and grow your small business. Until next time, have a great day.